Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Welcome in, everybody. It is Saturday night. It is the uh, blue hat, black bottom, short sleeve uh, show tonight. I guess with uh, Luke and myself, I just kind of shaved my uh, my good. beard that was starting to come in. So I should have I should have talked to you first. But uh, Luke, how you good. doing? Oh man, I will never shave this thing off ever. I might trim it up here and there, but it's the only New Year's resolution I've ever kept. And uh, yeah, I just got to roll with it. It's fall too. You got to get mm-hmm. after it. You got to look grizzly. I got to try to hide this face thing. But what's up, Broncos country? It's MHI. We are back. Nick Kendall, Luke Patterson. Super pumped to talk Broncos, Steelers. Hours away, starting early tomorrow. Now, it's not early like that London game that the Jets are going through, and it's the Falcons, right? Jets and Falcons. So not going to be that early, but still going to be an earlier slate of the game. Let's say hello to some folks real quick, because it looks like we've got a decent amount of folks in the channel. CC, I see you saying, what's up, Broncos country? Hope you all are doing great. We've had Barack in here since before the show even started. Barack, sit tight. We will get back to you regarding Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, DBA, good to see you. And we are off and rolling. Guys, this is MHI. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. You can find Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall, MHH on Twitter. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Guys, be sure to get over to milehighhuddle.com. It is absolutely crucial that you do. You can find all of our up-to-the-minute Broncos news, analysis, highlights, film breakdowns, you name it, we've got it. There's never a subscription. There's never a fee. None of that over at MHH. We've got guys and gals working through the night, overseas, absolutely love it. Twitter at MHI underscore pod. Um, Twitter at Mile High Huddle as well. And guys, if you want to get your swag on, go on over to the huddleuppod.com store. Grab yourself a hat, building the Broncos, MHI, uh, Broncos for breakfast. I saw those those grays are looking good. They're looking really good, Nick. I might have to get me one of those. And then you got those guys. What are they? The Huddle Up Boys. They got some swag of their own. I see T-shirts all around the Mile High City. Really, really cool. Of course, you've got the Dove Valley Deep Divers. And uh, I don't think I'm missing anybody, right? I mean, Chad's got Broncos Book Club as well. Be sure to look out for that on Saturdays as well. And uh, we've got your back. And if you're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter, like subscribe. You can find these podcasts wherever uh, you get your podcast spot, Spotify, Apple. We're totally available. And Nick, we are off and running Bronco Steelers. It was a gnarly week last week, man. You had Fangio and Harbaugh spitting off. You got Fangio talking about, I don't want it to be a hangover game. And then him and the coach are going after it all week. Last week is done. The Steelers week, Broncos Steelers. That should get yeah. your blood going right away. 
Yeah, no, it absolutely should. You know what else gets my blood going, Luke? It is the giveaway that we have going this month for all the Huddle Up podcast guys. And obviously we are raffling off. We've done a Von Miller jersey so far. We've done a Justin Simmons. Now we're doing the the future, and the future is now, a Patrick Sertan the second jersey. That's Sertan uh, the second with that big number two on the back. Good-looking jersey. We're raffling it off. Um, we need to get to... Um, a quarter million stars and we're 14% there. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it in. Uh, and obviously we're going to get the top uh, five people uh, who are super chat givers and then Facebook stars. Here are our Facebook leaders. So far we got mama Moody coming in number one, Randy Jones, number two, Michael Ronquillo consistently coming in. Number three, Lawrence Rivera, Howie freaking day, who I believe won maybe won the first Jersey, Peter Middleton coming in here across the pond over in Cambodia Andrew Baker, of course, Travis Weber. Good to see you, Travis. Andrew Lampy, and rounding out the top 10, Tim Hoffman. So you guys just, any stars you get in there, those will help get your name into the raffle for that Patrick, Patrick Sertan jersey. And our top 10 uh, superstar givers, uh, our super chat givers over on YouTube will also get us in. So also some other ones coming in here, Michaela Parker, Seth Harmon, Shane Daniels, Naj Altaf, uh, DW96734, Brian Greenfield, Aaron Lynch, Mark from Georgia. Good win today for Georgia, for those Bulldogs. Chris Hernandez, uh, Christy coming in there, and then uh, more and more names. So uh, we're seeing it come in, and I see we have a super chat right now from a name that we haven't I haven't seen for a hot second, but it's great to see him. Mohamed Badri. Mo, with his uh, beautiful baby boy, Malik. How you doing, Mo? Uh, Braun and Smooth Killer in the house. I love you guys. Love, you to, love to see you too, Mohamed. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully you've had a... We had a good summer and a uh, football season, baby. It's great to see you. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Mo's our guy, dude. Mo's been with us since the very beginning, since MHI started, man. He's so kind and generous. Hope you're doing well, man. It's good to see you. Um, A fine member of Broncos country. I also want to say what's up to James. I see you in the chat, Paul, Mike, Donald. Uh, we got McLovin. We got a McLovin in the chat too, Nick. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I'm feeling good about that. Our guy, Chris Hernandez, you mentioned him a little bit earlier as well. Broncos Steelers, here we go. Now, before we go down the rabbit hole of Big Ben Roethlisberger, what the Steelers challenged the Broncos in, multiple areas, of course, let's talk a little bit about the Broncos. All week it's been who is going to be QB1, Nick, for the Denver Broncos. Now, the big question of the week, did Teddy Bridgewater clear concussion protocol? Uh, it sounds like he's going to be cleared and good to go. So I think all, I mean, we heard Mike Tomlin during his presser where he also met with the Denver media. So far, there's only been one coach who has abstained from meeting with the Denver media. Who, not was, that? Pay, who was that? Who was that? 
I would take a shot at him, but he's going to do something stupid probably to make it just too easy. So Urban Meyer, man, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Um, but no, Mike Tomlin saying we're pre- preparing for Teddy Bridgewater. It does seem like all systems are go for Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, Teddy, I think, obviously, the first three games we kept saying, okay, he's like number one in the NFL in EPA per play and completion percentage, o- completion percentage over expected. Yeah, go Hawks. I know that Clifford got knocked out in the first half, but, you know, sometimes that happens and you got to be able to take advantage of when that happens. So Hawks win. But uh, yeah, keep it going here. Um, obviously with uh, Teddy Bridgewater playing, he had a stinker last game. He struggled in that game. Uh, maybe some of its game plan. I think a lot of it was execution though, but it was his worst game so far. I'm happy to see him out there versus another good defense, but to uh, right the ship where I'm not expecting him to be the number one analytical quarterback in football. Like he was in a lot of those charts the first three weeks, um, but he gives the Broncos a chance and competent quarterback play. And that should be enough against an absolutely anemic Steelers offense. Mm, Steelers offense. They're going through struggles, but Bad. don't mess with them. Don't think you're going to go in there and just roll on the Steelers. I don't think that's going to be the case. We will get into that a little bit, but let's get to Garrett real quick. Garrett Ringle joining MHI. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Hopefully you're having an awesome fall. It's starting to feel like fall in this, in this country, mm-hmm. this beautiful country of ours. And I'm super pumped about that. And he's saying, look, fellas, I heard Darby's coming back. Uh, you heard right, Garrett. Actually got the email, what, a couple hours ago, Nick, where they're mm-hmm. talking the Denver Broncos, the transaction wire, if you will, that they have to release before the night of the game. And Ronald Darby is back, folks. He is no longer on injured reserve. He was elevated. They also elevated wide receiver Tyree Cleveland. And as you all know, tight end Albert O suffered a hamstring injury this week at practice. He is out on IR right now, expected to miss, I think, what was that, two to four weeks, Nick? Does that sound about right? I think he has to miss three with the IR. So it's going to be three to four weeks with that short-term IR designation. Um, It's unfortunate. Uh, We're going to see more Eric Saubert, who has been good when given opportunity. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. he isn't the athletic specimen that Alberto Cuevanam is in the past game, uh, as long as he's catching the ball right. Um, But uh, sorry, just that that drop really bummed me out uh, last week. But uh, we'll see him back soon. And uh, Broncos pass catchers, man, it was a position of strength we talked about in the offseason. You know, you got tight ends you like a lot, two good running backs, uh, all these wide receivers. Now, Cortland Sutton has an ankle injury he suffered. Uh, He's going to be a game time decision. Mike S coming in with his uh, Alabama logo there. Man, Alabama, Georgia, two good teams this year. Get but, you uh, that PS, Mike. get you that PS2 jersey, Mike. Get you there that you PS2 jersey. But no, good, good, good transition, Nick. Because I yeah. saw Mike, I saw where you were going, and Cortland Sutton. What's going on with Cortland Sutton for anyone in Broncos country that's missed it? Because he's been banged up all year, Nick, and you're just yeah. hoping that he's okay. Yeah, no, he rolled his ankle in practice. Um, it sounds like he's going to be a game time decision, but should be able to go. Now he might be limited, but Sutton. This year, I mean, he's still coming off that uh, knee injury. He hasn't really been the short dynamic weapon. Uh, we and we actually kind of saw that a little bit more his second year in the league where he gets some slants and can do some stuff after the catch. Haven't seen that as much this year. I think the knee's probably coming slowly, but it's also the ankle um, now as well. So he'll play. He might be somewhat on a pitch count. You just hope that the, the offensive line for the Broncos, uh, Noah Fant, step on up, buddy. It's time. You're a first-round tight end. We got to get that Noah Fant going. Uh, speaking of those Hawkeyes and uh, the run game. So Sutton will play. I don't think it'll be a, uh, I'm not a medical doctor. I am in the medical field, not a medical doctor. So sit Sutton, we don't need another chub. I don't know what the risk is of exasperating that ankle injury uh, with playing him or further damaging it. But uh, I think you're going to see him. It just might be somewhat on a uh, pitch count. And that, uh, what are the Toradol that they give those guys? Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, ooh, Kenneth, look out. <laughs> Kenneth, I absolutely love that last name of yours, brother. But no, man, don't. A first rounder, a second rounder, come on now. Like, you know better than that. I see where you're going with the injury thing, but 
I don't think they're anywhere near the same in terms of the significant injuries that Bradley Chubb has sustained compared to Cortland Sutton. Um, they're just apples and oranges right there. So I see where you're going. Um, it's tough. The wide receiver core, Nick, used to be their biggest strength. Now it's a position that people are looking at like, man, thank God we didn't trade Tim Patrick like I was begging them to do. Not because I don't like Tim Patrick, but because I want to see him excel on another team. Uh, I think Tim Patrick is going to be leaned on very heavily by Teddy Bridgewater. Now, to your point about tight ends, Nick, I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater and the tight ends have connected very well. I don't know what it is. I think outside of Noah Fant, it's very hard for Teddy to connect with Albert O. Or Eric Saubert. It's just kind of weird, and it's not there. And if Drew Locke was in, he'll be the first to tell you. You only got a handful of reps at practice, right? Mm -hmm. Drove me absolutely crazy when he said that. But uh, it's one of those things where chemistry, you got to get it going. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got this made me laugh a little bit. Uh, Chris or um, uh, Garrett, excuse me, flexing us. He's been busy hanging out with his new girlfriend. That's why he hasn't been around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> congrats, yeah. man. Congrats. congrats buddy. Yeah, no, it's uh, got to get those dubs when you can. So uh, congrats to you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, absolutely I love it. Thank love you for it. sharing with us, too. That, that actually really brought a smile to my face. Yeah, um, cool. Zebulon coming in here. Uh, what do you guys think about Patrick Sertan, where he's going to play now that Darby's going to come back? Uh, what do you think about this, Luke? Obviously, Sertan was somewhat a hybrid player early on, and then immediately Darby goes down with an injury. But now you're starting to get some health in the cornerback room again with Darby coming back. I am I would assume Darby's also on a pitch count in this game, uh, given it was a decently significant hamstring uh, issue for him. Not enough to surgery or sideline him, but he'll probably be on a pitch count this week. But if everybody's getting healthy, how is this going to shake out? I don't think you want to see uh, Ronald Darby coming back in his very first game on Chase Claypool or Johnson or any of their talented wide receivers over there in Pittsburgh uh, because Big Ben will pick him apart. And it's not yeah. because Ronald Darby's not a good player. It's because he's not in football shape right now. He's missed a lot of games since New York, right? Week one. So Vic Fangio tends to ease his guys back into it. It's one of his babies, right? It's a cornerback. It's a defensive player, a defensive back. He's not just going to go out there and put him in harm's way. What does that mean? That means PST. He needs to step up. Um, I love him, but he's going to make rookie mistakes. They drive me a little bit crazy, but it's because I care, right? And I know that PS2 is going to make plays. Now, I know he had, what, a bizarre injury going on with his abdomen, chest mm -hmm. last week. Kind of bizarre. Not hearing a whole lot about that. But I almost wonder if how much, how totally legitimate that is because he was getting, he was having a hard time. It getting worked a little, it getting worked yeah. a little bit, but yeah, it's just the whole thing was bizarre. So I, yeah. but he's a, he's a tough player. He's going to strap it up. Uh, we've got Luke McVicker. What's up, Luke. I actually got to meet Luke at training camp, Broncos awesome. training camp. Yeah. He was able to take vacation time and go to Broncos training camp. That's what Broncos country is about. Good to see you, man. And he is saying, uh, what's going on with Teddy. He's not what he was the first three weeks, but what he did last week, or is he somewhere in the middle? Um, He's he's I wouldn't say sporadic. I would say that was a tough game last week and he was knocked out really before he could get things going. He was not playing well, but by no means did that mean he should have been benched or anything like that. Um, we've all been waiting for the come down, right? Because we've yeah. had the high. We've had the high. We've had the high with Teddy Bridgewater and Pat Shermer. Now, I put this loss more at the hands of Pat Shermer and some of that offensive play calling. It's just insulting to me when the man is lying to us on Fridays out there at UC Health Training Center. And it's just like, dude. I, you don't run the ball. Don't say you're committed to it. Don't say that you understand it. You panic and you freak out. Uh, is that on Teddy? Some of it, but for a lot, I think Pat Shermer is 
he should be doing some splaining. Yeah, I did look go back and look at the Broncos' success rate for rushing the football in the first half of last week's game, and it was only 33%. Uh, and what is a uh, hello, Travis? Good to see you in the top 10 for our stars over on Facebook. Uh, but uh, the Broncos did only have 33% success rate, which means gaining 60% of the yards to go on first down, 80% on second down, or 100% on third down. So they weren't running it super efficiently based on that metric. Uh, but still, you have two young offensive linemen who are much better right now going forward than going backward. You do not have much uh, communication or chemistry history with that interior offensive line. Uh, it's a Ravens team that loves to blitz. I just I don't understand the game was not out of reach and you go away from the run like that. Now, yes, were there some pass plays out there that should have been made and wide receiver or quarterback maybe messed up? Yes, but uh, you have two good running backs. You're not helping out Drew Locke or anybody uh, going completely in that uh, almost air raid pass attack. I don't, I don't know what's going on there with that decision. Dare I say I felt a little bad for Drew Locke when he came in. I really did. I'm like, uh, okay, here's your opportunity. Yeah. But we all knew what was going to happen, and I'm not going to eat his lunch for that interception. He's trying to make something happen. I really don't care that he threw a pick at the end of the game. Um, but turns out, knee gates turned into this whole other thing. But uh, Pat, Pat Shermer's just the panic freaks me out, and I just I can't stand when people panic. Don't panic. It's okay to voice frustration. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to go through failure and loss. But when you just panic, that's not good for anybody. And you said it best. You had two young offensive linemen on skates out there. Calais yep. Campbell did his thing in his homecoming back to Denver, right? And you saw the Ravens do their thing. It wasn't anything fancy. It was, we're going to come after you. We know who you are. We don't care what you're doing. And that's what the Broncos defense has got to do against the Steelers. Go after Big Ben. Get after Najee Harris. Uh, Najee Harris, I wrote about it in milehighhuddle.com and my keys to victory. Uh, I think you're going to see this cat really utilized in the passing game. Now, Vic Fangio's run defense has been okay, right? It's been pretty yeah. impressive. But I think you're going to see Big Ben go to the check down a little bit. He's got to stop turning the ball over. It's something that's killing the Steelers. How does he do that? Go to your first-round running back. Yeah, and that's something just schematically speaking for this Broncos team that is uh, probably a key to key to the game. Najee Harris, I do not respect the uh, Steelers' offensive line. They have two rookies starting. It's a team that has, you know, Broncos country. We complain about the offensive line, but uh, if you want to go see really terrible offensive line play, just go put on what the Steelers have had to deal with this year. And uh, I think the title of the show is like is you know the demise of Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. over overstated. Um, Maybe it is a little bit, but it's Ben Roethlisberger's arm sim, uh, somewhat falling off a cliff. Uh, his mobility also decreasing greatly on top of having the worst offensive line in football. You know, that's just it's way too hard to score points when you when you're so bad in both those areas. So it will be really interesting. Uh, the depth and space, though, for how much the Broncos linebackers uh, drop back in that cover four, cover six, whatever they're running the match quarters. And then the, the running back. Broncos linebackers are going to have a big game. They're going to be chasing a lot, I think. And Najee Harris, if he can break one, uh, he can, I guess, paper cut you to death in the pass game. Speaking of the passing game, Nick, something I've been wanting to pick your brain about since I've been watching that game film and I've been waiting to ask, what did you think of Justin Simmons' play last week? A lot of people have been, I think, really tough on him. Now, I think he got beat on a few plays, but... For me, a lot of that was coaching, too. Now, I'm not just trying to say it's all the coach's fault and the players have no no blame in this game. But 
good lord i mean they ran in that same soft zone coverage that lamar jackson knew all about it drove me insane there's plenty of blame to go around but for this defensive evil genius i mean can you listen to ed donatel can we mix it up a little bit can we have some sort of creativity because i don't feel like vic fangio ultimately had his players in the best position to have success against the ravens yeah um Get to that. Get back to that real quick. Hello to Michael Ronquillo and Greg Smith coming in. Always super good guys to see in here. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, and people saying, I think you the whole Iowa game. I was a nervous mess. Um, I haven't uh, had Nick's beer fun for a little bit, but uh, pros to you guys tonight. Uh, when I will, we have the Iowa victory polka uh, in heaven. There is no beer, so uh, enjoying a uh, adult beverage right now. But uh, enjoying talking to you, talking with you guys even more. Um, so talking about the Broncos defense. Schematically, I I think it's really easy to say in hindsight uh, that the Broncos and Vic Fangio didn't do very well, but uh, they gave up, what was it, less than 24 points, right? Um, they The game plan was, okay, Lamar Jackson beat us through the air. We're not going to let you beat us with the ground game. We think our offense can hopefully do enough, and we don't think you can consist- consistently hit those big boy throws. And tip, hat tip to Lamar Jackson, who's playing at an MVP level right now. He did. He hit those throws consistently and he beat them through the air. Um, so sometimes, you know, those guys are going to execute and get out there and get it. But I have a far bigger issue with the Broncos offense, leaving the defense out to dry than what the Broncos did schematically with Lamar Jackson. Do they do it in hindsight? Maybe, but that's my biggest issue. 10 punts. Yeah. We got Scott back here. 10 punts. Unbelievable. Ooh. Not even great punts. It's not like you have a great puncher to lead on either. Sam Martin's just kind of a dude. Just a dude, a dude that I hope doesn't have to like punt it, have it blocked and have it punted again. Right. Yeah. Just like oh, the Seahawks. Man. I mean, I know that went viral. Broncos Amazing. don't need that. You know, their special teams unit, man, they will never let you down. Right. If you're a yeah. Denver Broncos fan, uh, just listen to Tom McMahon yesterday. Me neither. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things, man, where it's frustration upon frustration. I hear you, Broncos country, Tom McMahon. I get it. He's not out there playing. So, I mean, it, it's just bizarre, man. The whole circumstance Broncos special teams have got to pick it up. Gary leads Palmer coming in the house. Gary's in the running for that PS2 Jersey, uh, saying congrats on that Hawkeye win today. What's up, Nick? What's up, Luke? Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Gary. Good to see you. Hope all is well. Happy fall to you and your family. And let's get to this question by James real quick, because it's something we've been talking about a little bit. Uh, James wants to know, what's up, fellas? Is Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow, are those two starting guards returning against the Steelers tomorrow? I think from what I know, uh, it sounds like Reisner is going to play. Now, he might be somewhat limited, but I would expect Reisner to play at left guard. And hopefully that'll help the play of Garrett Bowles, who has been massively underwhelming through the first quarter of the season. Uh, now I've definitely been a staunch of a Garrett Bulls uh, defender on here uh, over the last few years, but he's been playing below what you'd want for a, a million dollar a year game. So uh, hopefully he can turn around with the Reisner playing right guard though. I don't think Glasgow is going to play. Uh, I think we shouldn't expect him. The real question for then, then for me becomes Moody or minors. Now Moody's been mm. playing right guard right now. That's probably the direction they're going to go. But f- I thought last week, Miners looked a little better than Moody and we're not going to play like Goliath uh, arm length monsters like Clayus Campbell uh, this week. Uh, although man, Cameron Cam Hayward. Hayward. Oh, oh that was right perfect. Now. That was perfect yeah. timing, dude. Cam <laughs> Hayward. He is, he wrecks games, Nick, as you yeah. know, and then you've got some guy named Melvin Ingram. Who's been taken inside defensive snaps. When I'm watching Steelers film, I'm like, what are they doing with him? Well, he's got this inside spin move that he's still working. He used to work with yeah. the chargers. Now he's working it with the Steelers. Cam Hayward. He wrecks games. So 
Will Dalton Reisner lace it up? We think so. Nick thinks so. I think so too. Um, Graham Glasgow, I don't think so. I think what you've got to do if you're Mike Munchak, you've got to roll with Natani Moody. You've got to give him a chance to come back. And yes, I see all the stuff in social media. Guys, don't ever go at players. Don't make it personal after the games no. or anything like that. Just let it be. And I understand, you know, gambling and stuff like that happens. Look, that's all just on your own dime. Let it be. This is football. I know there's this is business. It's our business as well. But don't at me, bro, and don't do that to the players either because yeah. it gets nasty and it's a nasty look. So I think if Natani Moody is struggling, maybe you see him get pulled at halftime, and that's a wake-up yeah. call for him. And maybe Quinn Miners comes in and you roll forward, but they have got to run the ball. I don't trust offensive coordinator Pat Shermer to do that. Yeah, I'm just really happy that Miners looks competent out there for a first-year rookie coming from Whitewater. I mean, he's he's going to be somebody who's going to factor into the Broncos starting interior trio 2022 and beyond. So excited to see what he can do. Hopefully, Moody can start playing better. Speaking of rookies playing really good, Caden Stearns. We got Mark Knapp coming in here with the stars over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, hey, Mark. He says, Stearns look good. Do you think he will replace Jackson this year? I do. Um, obviously, the, this uh, after this year. Um, okay. he's not going to totally place replace Jackson this year. I think he's really good as that third safety right now, uh, given he has the nickel ability as well. And he's a great athlete. He's a better, honestly, he's a more explosive athlete than Jackson and Simmons, uh, right now, especially coming downhill. He can just click and close better than those guys. Um, but, um, as far as the replacement, I think you do pencil in Stearns as a replacement next year for Jackson, unless Jackson's willing to come back at a discounted rate, like he did this year. And then, you know, if he beats out Jackson, great. If he doesn't, you got three good guys. Yeah, I don't know why Coach Fangio has such a hard time giving the rookies some love, right? We saw it last year with Michael Ojemudia, and they ask about Caden Stearns, and, hey, man, is he going to get more playing time? No. And, you know, and he's just kind of, ah, whatever. Caden Stearns has looked phenomenal. He has surpassed all of my expectations in his rookie year already. He had a fantastic training camp. His stock is on the rise. My only question with Caden Stearns, does he have that body? that can be a strong safety in the NFL. I think he needs to put a little bit of weight on Justin Simmons is your ball Hawk. He's not going to be a thumper. Kareem Jackson's a thumper, a guy that used to be a corner, just a bizarre athlete in his own rights. And uh, speaking of in his own right, Travis Weber's always respecting us. Got our back. He is always there for us, man. So I got to get to my guy, Travis. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, he says, I'm no offensive guru, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that we've got to play to the line strength. Let the offensive line knock the guys in the dirt and let Javante Pookie Williams and Melvin Gordon run the ball and wear out the defense. This will open up the passing game. Any update on Sutton? We think Sutton's going to play. It's a minor ankle sprain. But, Nick, what do you think about Travis's comment right there of it's time to feed these running backs and, and let them truly go to work, especially if you're facing a defensive front. We haven't even talked about T.J. Watt. Uh, that's going to get after the offensive line. Bobby Massey had issues last week, right? What do you think is going to happen to him this week? Uh, it's partially a game flow thing uh, for the Broncos being able to run the football. That means that early on, like let's say they're not just totally sp smashing them with a rock immediately. Um, it's going to be slowly paper cut here and there, a couple big runs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the defense has to be able to respond as well and keep the game close. I think maybe a little bit last week uh, falling behind early. Um, you've had, you start to fear about the run game going away. Maybe your defense can't hold to that extent where the run game slows it down. Uh, but I agree with you. The defense, as long as they can keep the ball in front of them and make big Ben, uh, not even nickel and dime it, you know, Hey, Penny and Penny it down the field, uh, with his little, uh, weak arm going down there. Um, then I think you should be able to lean into the run game and, 
that should be the strength. I mean, that's take the ball, not take the ball out of Teddy Bridgewater's hand, but play it efficiently. Old school football, uh, balance run game and defense. That's the formula for this year. I know we had great numbers from Bridgewater early, but run games got to step up and you cannot shy away from it. I agree. And time will tell if Pat Shermer is going to, if he's going to stay honest and stay true to who he was for the first three weeks against a bunch of no against a bunch of nobodies, or if he's going to come out and panic and freak out and do the same thing he always does. Uh, James coming up here, James Grossman with a, a really good question that I was thinking about earlier too. Shelby Harris, what's going on with Shelby? He's wondering, I haven't heard too much about Shelby Harris so far this season with the decline in pressure from the defensive line. Would you say that Shelby's performance is on the decline or is there something that we're just missing? Nick, talk to James about Shelby. I think that's a really, really good question. I do wonder, and this is something where we can only speculate, but I do wonder how much of it is scheme because Shelby Harris has been extremely good against the run this year. Um, We talked about it earlier about the Broncos scheme here. They really want to muck things up with their defensive line uh, in the run game. So that way their linebackers can get depth and provide that like level of uh, zone coverage. Um, without having to have them you know, put their ears back and play forward. So Shelby, to me, it looks like he is much more gap centric and uh, focused on clogging things up in the run than playing one gap and trying to get in the backfield as a pass rusher. That's something you'd have to talk to the coaches about or Shelby himself. Um, but there are still situations still where, you know, it's pin your ears back, get it on third down. And he has not flashed like Draymond Jones or Von Miller. So I think part of it is scheme, but also part of it is we want to see a little bit more from Shelby Harris in the pass rush game. Do not forget Broncos country. Shelby Harris is the reason that AB and uh, Big Ben got a little after each other in that in that first to get things going at least. Right, the the train work was there, but Shelby getting that interception uh, a couple years ago at home, sealing the game. Big Ben kind of rolling over on the receiver. Um, that receiver happened to be AB. AB doing his thing down for Tampa Bay. Uh, Peter Middleton, what's up, Pete? Good to see you, man. Hope all is well. Uh, who gets the game ball this week? Peter already, are you chalking that, that up to a dub? Because they don't pass game balls out, Nick, last time I checked to the loser. Um, Peter thinks Broncos going to beat the Steelers tomorrow. Who do you think would get that game ball? Because of who their performance is a win against the Steelers. Well, I'm going to go out and uh, I'm just going to manifest this. I'm going to say Patrick Sertan with uh, multiple turnovers and a defensive touchdown because we need that for the giveaway, right? The Patrick Sertan second jersey. If you guys are getting the stars and the YouTube uh, super chats and you get a chance to win a fresh Patrick Sertan second jersey. So I am uh, I'm honestly hoping Patrick Sertan can come out from his worst game of his young career so far. Not terrible, but his worst game so far. I think he had like a 57 grade from PFF and uh make a big comeback and say, okay, Broncos and everyone's talking about the quarterback position. The 2022 class looks like absolute trash, um, but Patrick <laughs> is still amazing. So uh, let's lean into that and hopefully he has a big game. Who would get the game ball for me? Oh man, it's gotta be Vaughn Miller. And I wrote about it on online, milehighhuddle.com. Uh, unleash Vaughn, stop dropping him, stop having him do these stunts, twist, let him go. Let him work. Let him eat. I mean, we're talking about feed Pookie. How about we feed Vaughn? Just let him go. TJ Watt, you're going to see him all over the field tomorrow. You're going to see him in various positions, switching sides. I don't need that from Vaughn Miller. Vaughn, what's your favorite side? All right, let's just go with what Vaughn wants to do. He was the AFC Defensive Player of the Month 
for Pete's sake. I mean, it makes no sense to me. We got to get Vaughn going because this guy's proven, even though he's an aging pass rusher, that he can still get to the quarterback and get after it. He would have had a sack last week against uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, who ultimately made it to the line of scrimmage. That guy just breaking hearts, right? And yeah. records and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so I think Vaughn has got to get after it. He can get after Big Ben. Yeah. And he can also beat up whoever he's going against on the Steelers offensive line. I mean, they're really, really bad on that offensive line. They're playing three, two rookies right now, uh, probably the lowest graded offensive line in football so far. And Big Ben, because he is such a statue now, he's a massive statue. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're going to have to get guys there and take him down because he'll get rid of the ball. But he's a statue back there right now. So it's really, it can't be much of a, much more of a, counter or a polar opposite compared to Lamar Jackson last week, where you have to be really disciplined and almost rush through your lineman. Because if you cheat anyway, whoop, he's gone. Um, and that was obviously a big scheme, a schematic emphasis from the Broncos defense. So this week they can be a little bit more aggressive. They can cheat a little bit in the lane because there should be no fear of big Ben taking off and hurting you go back mm -hmm. there, hit him, uh, beat your guy. And uh, let's have some fun on defense. And Von Miller even, you know, talked about it as, as such this week. Yeah, Malik Reed too, man. Get after it. Have yourself a day, young fella. I mean, this is this is a game that you can take off and improve your stock as a player in the NFL with the Broncos. Uh, man, this is this is a question that that I'm a little confused about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna answer or ask it for Chase Chase Wellner, good friend of the show. Uh, saying is asking rather, is their offensive line, the Pittsburgh Steelers, worse than the Denver Broncos? Yes. Um, I would agree. However, I would say that their defensive line is better than ours as well. As much as I like Von Miller, sure. Greenlight Jones is playing well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, probably one of the most underrated we talked about earlier, but one of the most underrated defensive players in football is uh, Cameron Hayward right now. I think he mm. has an NFP pro football focus grade of like 93, which is insane. Four weeks through, like typically you see somebody great like that, like one week, it's like, oh man, they had a hell of a game. But to rank that high after four games is impressive. And then TJ Watt, Melvin Ingram. I don't think the Steelers back seven is phenomenal, especially at the cornerbacks. And I think Fitzpatrick is a solid player. Uh, Devin Bush is a good athlete, although I sometimes I feel like he is more athlete than linebacker out there, even year three this year. Um, but um, that Steelers defensive line is really good. That's one reason I really, with Teddy playing, I feel much better about this game because Drew Locke, when there's pressure, when there's not pressure, I think he's fine. But when there is pressure, the wheels can, the alarm bells go off. He panics and he does something silly with the football or just the process in general gets uh, sloppy. Don't feel that way with Teddy Bridgewater. So feel much better about this game. Yeah. Cam Hayward, man. I, I think his dad played in the league. I think coach was talking about that this week at the press conferences and coach Fangio absolutely gushing over Cam Hayward. It's weird because he will go out of his way to compliment an opposing player, mm -hmm. uh, but will not necessarily do that with his own guys. Some of which I think, you need a little bit of a wake-up call, but so does Coach in many areas. Now, for me, one thing I've got to talk about is let's talk about Vic Fangio. All right, let's talk about time management issues, Nick. We're seeing same, the same distracted, bizarre, one-sided decisions or lack thereof being made in year three from Vic Fangio. So for me, there's not a lot of trust when it comes to Vic and the clock. How do the Broncos overcome that? Um, 
honestly, they're going to have to overcome it by winning in the the key statistics of the game. But some stuff that they have not won in this year. Also, Broncos on third down have been pretty poor. Uh, Broncos average field position because the special teams has been pretty poor. Um, Broncos have been pretty good in the turnover margin, but it's those are ones that I'm really looking at. And hopefully you can win those margins by enough that it doesn't come down to Vic Fangio game management, clock management, decision making. And hopefully the Broncos defense is playing good enough where they can be as I mean, it's this will probably get some people to roll their eyes, but Iowa today took knees, leaving time on the clock and punting the ball because they trusted their defense that much. That's what I don't I'm not hoping for that, but I want to have enough confidence in the defense and the way this game is going. Vic it's would like, do it. Vic would oh, totally do it, too. He'd be like, yeah. Pat, I don't want you to spread it out. We see how that goes. Just do your thing so I can get my guys, my bays back on the field. And speaking yeah. of Bay, Peter Middleton, been a bay since day one, man. Always backing us. I really appreciate your support, Pete. Uh, Pete wants to know any other rookie to make a name for himself in the upcoming weeks for the Denver Broncos. Nick, what do you think? Is there some potential? We've talked about Pat Sertan a lot. Uh, is there potential for another rookie offense, defense, or special teams that maybe you've got your eye on and you're hoping for a good outcome? Man, I am having a hard time actually thinking of anybody who would probably make that move. Um, Pookie. Because they're, they're already playing. I guess Pookie, um, he's had a couple good runs. I do think he has left some yards on the field. I think he hasn't been the most patient um, with his process so far. There's been some backside cuts and whatnot that he's just been looking to run. Um, so hopefully that'll start developing. Um, I would love to say Baron Browning, um, but every single move the Broncos make screams that Baron Browning is not going to be much of a defensive impact player this year. Um, he got behind the ball early because of the injuries, learning the off ball in the edge position. And that's, I mean, that's fine. You really shouldn't have been depending on him as a starting linebacker this year anyways, but you know, going out Avery Williamson, Micah Kaiser, et cetera, et cetera. That all to me screams Baron Browning special teams impact this year, hopefully um, more so, but actually impacting the defense, probably not 2021, except maybe late in the year. Our guy SK on the ones and twos, he brought up a good name, something that I completely spaced on and forgot about because you do see him on the field and you see him in the game film, Jonathan Cooper. I mean, maybe he makes a special teams play and gets more more run. Uh, I mean, someone has got to make a play on special teams. And Caden yeah. Stearns, I need you there, baby. I mean, like, I love what you're doing in the nickel and the dime. I absolutely love it. Trust me. But I need you there. I uh, J- Jamar Johnson. I mean, some of these other rookies, you know, uh, Tyree Cleveland. I know you're not a rookie, but do something on special teams. You know, Spencer, I think he's going to play, right? Coach McMahon was saying he's good to go. So you're going to see Deontay Spencer out there. But what drives me crazy is you hear Tom McMahon talking about Bryce Callahan fielding punts. The last thing I need is for Bryce Callahan to get injured doing punt return. Uh, I just don't understand that. It just drives me nuts. I saw it at training camp this last year, and then that gets me fired up and gets social media to go after Tom McMahon, something that's pretty easy to do. Uh, let's say hi to our good friend, Michael. We mentioned him earlier in the running for that PS2 jersey, saying great show tonight, Nick and Luke, go Broncos. Michael with us, a new friend. Uh, well, not a new friend, pretty much last six months, man. Michael's been riding with us every single day. Mile High Huddle crew, you guys are going to be able to catch up with the Huddle Up boys tomorrow, reacting to the game as soon as kickoff ends. Be sure to come on over and get ready for that reaction. So Pete Middleton coming in one more time, uh, saying he thinks Cooper takes some time um time away from malik reed perhaps but quinn miners we talked about quinn a little bit so mm-hmm. maybe quinn miners gets on a, a good a good role i 
don't necessarily trust him in pass pro. I love that he can climb and scrape to the next level. That's something that is really phenomenal from a, a division three player, but he's so raw right now, Nick. I mean, I was gushing over him when we drafted him, but he's raw and he needs time. The way you, you learn sometimes is by doing baptism by fire. And he still has a hall of fame player and coach Mike Munchak, uh, yeah. Quinn Miners. Watch out for him. He's going to make his mistakes, but I think you'll see some good things from him. And don't give up on Atani Moody, folks. Do no. not give up on him. I I know we've got Mama Moody in the house, always supporting MHH, yeah. and we really appreciate that. But uh, players have bad games, Nick. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way yeah. it is. And we all know Natani Moody is not a right tackle with the best pass pro, but he is a consistent player. He cares. Um, he's a damn good teammate. And from everybody that I talk to, he's a good guy. Yeah, no, uh, bringing it back to minors real quick. Uh, he is going to have his mistakes here and there, but watching the coaches film um, where it's like straight down the line, like kind of like Madden view for uh, those of you at home, um, not the all 22, but the, the line of scrimmage view um, minors actually really, really surprised me with his, uh, his awareness. Um, he has done a good job of keeping his head on a swivel and working across a blocking assignment to the other side to get a free rusher. So uh, I've been really impressed with him um, much better early on than I ever thought was even possible. So Broncos got a good one there. Um, they really did. I'm really excited about the future of miners there, and he might be pushing somebody come the end of the year. I, I really, truly believe that. That's how much he flashed to me, and I was not expecting it. Kush needs to clean it up a little bit. I'm um, yeah. looking, looking for some, and when I say a little bit, I mean a lot. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be cool because I do like Kush and good guy as well. Um, but Man, it's so hard when your two guards are struggling and you're struggling. It's just it makes for gnarly football, Garrett Bowles. Um, You know, I'm actually okay with Garrett Bowles. I know he's first holding penalty. It was nasty last week and everything like that. He ultimately got his arm. He recovered a little bit. At least he's not choking guys and slamming them to the ground now. Right now, he, he needs to be better with that kick step and he is better. But don't freak out on Garrett Bowles either. I think you'll be okay. He'll be okay. Um, I appreciate the maturity and the type of leadership that Garrett Bowles is trying to implement right now on this team by coming out saying this loss is on me. I take a lot of the blame here. Um, that, that takes a lot of courage to do. And I can immediately flash back to the game where he had a ton of penalties called on him and Broncos PR like, dude, you got to go talk. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. And he goes out there and it wasn't the best thing ever, but he faced the media. I like Garrett Bowles. He will bounce back. Yeah, no, he will bounce back. He's going to have to play better. I don't know if part of that also was not having the comfort of having Reisner next to him, um, who by all accounts has been helpful in the pre-snap stuff and just the chemistry between the two. But uh, for how much Garrett Bowles is getting paid and for him being the elder statesman on the offensive line, I mean, definitely the most valuable player in that offensive line, got to play better, right? Like he just, you got to play better. And he'd be the first to tell you, I think after that last game, he was on the press conference in the press conference, like talking about how he has to be better and he's going to hold himself to a higher standard and blah, 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 blah. Um, so he, if he's saying, I think I feel a little bit okay saying it as well. Um, Joe coming in here, uh, Joe Sedal, uh, Salgado coming in here saying if Fangio is so set on going for it on fourth down, why not run it three times in a row to set up the fourth and short? Um, because you need to also we're less likely to have an explosive play with a three runs up the gut. Um, and you want to also make sure that you have the right down and distance to do that. So, I mean, I don't know I, if you had like a Tim Tebow and you could pick up three yards every time with a quarterback sneak and run it in, in the center's butt, I guess do it. But that's not really the game of Teddy Bridgewater or anybody that you have right now. 
I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I, I hear what you're saying, Nick. You're an analyst. I'm an analyst. We chart the plays, everything like that. But I kind of like this one. Maybe it's because I'm coaching eight-year-old flag football and I'm trying to keep everything, keep it simple, stupid, because I don't know how to do it. Um, but if for me, it's one of those things where I like where Joe's coming from here because, all right, Melvin Gordon's starting, right? Let's say he gets two runs, maybe two yards a run, maybe just one, and then mm -hmm. you get Javante Williams in there. I'm feeling okay about that. We just talked about – you know, the two guards, Natani Moody and Quinn Miners, struggling in the pass, passing game. Maybe that would be nice to see. Now, are we going to see that? Three straight runs, four straight runs? No, because Pat Shermer doesn't do that. He doesn't care. He wants to be a head coach again. He wants to air it out. He wants to resurrect Teddy. He wants to maybe fix Drew if Drew comes back in. Maybe that happens tomorrow, too. Uh, this defense is, is rough and tough, man. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people are thinking the Steelers aren't the Steelers of old, but they're still going to be playing in that black and yellow tomorrow on Heinz Field. It's going to be rowdy there. They want to turn their future around. If they lose this game, they know they're officially out of the playoff. Well, not officially. Not officially, but basically <laughs> official, right? Like no team yeah. has really come back. They they flatlined last year. This would basically be flatlining early as opposed to late last year. The Steelers have got to clean it up. I'm a little nervous. I mean, palm sweating, mom spaghetti, all that stuff already right now because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are the Denver Broncos to say they're going to come in here and boss the Pittsburgh Steelers around? It's something that the teams have got to respect each other. I love what Mike Tomlin had to say about the Broncos media, but Fangio on fourth down how connected he is uh if teddy's not in the game it's just it's hard for me to get behind it really is and teddy without a week of practice nick that bothers me i mean i know he practiced yesterday all right whatever's whatever friday practices are not hard um they're just i don't know, a glorified stretching if you will i mean there's not a lot going on on fridays they don't want to get anybody hurt but Teddy Bridgewater missing a significant amount of practice this week going through the concussion protocols. How much do you think that will affect uh, his actual play tomorrow when he returns back to play against the Steelers? Yeah, no, it's a big it's a big thing. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I did want to pivot real quick uh, back to what you said earlier um, about the Steelers themselves. Yeah, I feel like they're a bad team. But you, as you mentioned, they're what are they one and three right now about yep. to go one and four. This is a tough game, man. Going into Pittsburgh, I mean, I oh. I feel like Broncos fans, you know, we're disrespecting Big Ben, the offensive line, rightfully so, based on what they've seen so far. But like, this is a team that you're going to get their best shot this week because a, I don't think they respect the Broncos. Why would they? But what the Broncos have put on tape the last few years, and b, like you said, if they don't win, it's done. So, and we know, I mean, Mike Tomlin, everybody, you know talks bad about Vic Fangio and maybe rightfully so after the last, you know, last week, especially, I mean, what the hell are we doing? Um, but Mike Tomlin, man, incredible. Um, he's going to have this team fired up. I, I know what is it Vegas right now? Two point favorite for the Broncos, man. I am. I picked the Broncos to win. I didn't, I said they, I won't, I wasn't going to, I did. I am very nervous for this game though. I really hope the Broncos come out with intensity energy because they did not last week. Uh, they, we had comments about how bad the energy has been. This Steelers team is going to come out pumped because this is essentially a, a playoff game for them. Their offensive line is garbage. You said it. Um, their quarterback can't move. He's a statue. Uh, so what are they going to do? They're going to try to run the ball. They have not got a 100-yard rushing game this season. Uh, you know that's driving Mike Tomlin crazy. Expect some old-school Steeler football tomorrow. Uh, I think you're going to see some interceptions from Ben, maybe even a fumble or two, but they're going to lean on their workhorse, which has got to be their first-round draft pick yeah. in Najee Harris. They have got to do it just to try to camouflage some of those weaknesses from the interior offensive line. But I hear you, man. It's I, I'm 
nervous too. Oh. It's going to be, I hope, a good game. Like, uh, that's why I'm so frustrated with the coaching staff and the players. The coaches aren't playing and the players don't get to call their own plays. So it's a weird dynamic. I just, I feel like there's so, so much mistrust in that building right now, Nick, because at Donatel, why is he here? Why is he here? He's Vix Wooby, but he's not calling any defensive plays. He's coaching great, a, a great defensive secondary unit. But good Lord, I think the man could probably help Vic on defense a little bit here. At least mix it up. Try to get a new perspective. Uh, you don't have anybody managing Vic on the clock. Something that drives me absolutely crazy as well. So yeah. I'm I'm nervous for the coaches tomorrow more than the players. Because I would rather go out there and let the Broncos bang with the Steelers and be okay with the loss then have the same issues, the clock issues, the special teams issues. I mean, just get beat fair and square, you know, as opposed to these records and all this other stuff. I, I'm done with it, man. It's exhausting. It feels like a lot of excuse making over there, too, and I don't like it because we knew this team wasn't going to go undefeated. But you should be able to win and learn, rather, from losses. That should be the key takeaway, and you can't bring that loss into Pittsburgh tomorrow. Yeah, and something also, it's really easy, I feel like, for people to point the finger at a singular coach being an issue with energy or whatnot, or play calling, et cetera, et cetera. It's easier to blame that one single guy than the whole team, right, or the players on the field. That's an easier solution, so we'd rather point that way. But, like, at some point, too, you got to look at the players. Like, who is your energy? Who's your energizer bunny on defense right now? We got Kareem Jackson, uh, A.J. Johnson, Alexander Johnson sometimes. But, like, if the energy is low and you want to, and I hear you complaining about the the coaches like look inward, right? You're a goddamn professional. If you're not yep. having enough energy, put that on yourself. You know, like you you need to go out there and do it. So that kind of drives me nuts. Um, is there a reason I'm wearing an Iowa shirt, Nick? I'm a Eastern Iowa native and the Hawks had a big win today. So I'm celebrating. Um, there we go. Yeah, no, yeah. I love it, man. There's some black. And now he's, he is wearing black and yellow folks on black and yellow week. So I've got a little bit of, I'll take a little exception with that. I don't know if that's bad juju or what, but speaking of bad juju, Broncos have gone out of their way a little bit. Well, I'm not going to say they went out of their way. They were asked about it by yeah. a good friend of ours, BK, um, about weddings. Nick, have you heard about this one? Weddings screwing yeah, up crazy. the Broncos travel plans. Nick, can you enlighten Broncos country? Why would the Broncos have to deal with weddings in traveling to Pittsburgh? Um, this year, 2021 has had the most weddings recorded in a long time. And people are booking their stuff because of the whatever the sick little bug is Carl or Carl's daughter likes to say that going on last thing. year. So the Broncos cannot get these, you know, hotel rooms, the conference rooms, et cetera, et cetera, because they are booked up for weddings. Um, so the Broncos have had to been getting in there late. That happened with Jacksonville. And uh, that also is happening now with Pittsburgh. So uh, you young people, man, what's that? Just just to hang out. It's got common law, right? We don't need these weddings. What do you do? No, I'm just, I had a beautiful wedding in Colorado, actually. That's this park. So I don't oh, nice, <laughs> dude. Very beautiful. nice. I like yeah. that. No, same here, man. Married in the in the in the mountains right down the street from my house here in Roxborough, dude. So no, I hear you. I actually heard from a couple of people that have said that they're planning. Friends of mine are planning weddings. Uh, venues and stuff like that are booked out like till 2024. Yeah. I, I mean, like it is just absolutely insane. So I think there's something to look at there. I know the East coast thing has kind of been kaput with this year with the giants and the Jags, but man, travel plans, getting acclimated, being frustrated, you know, I don't, those things can make weird circumstances and attitudes tend to come about. Now, I think the Broncos are professionals and they're going to go in there and, and do their damnedest. I really do think they're going to show up. 
I don't think this is an issue where it's going to be like, oh, the players are just going to go in there and get rolled by the Steelers. No, but this is a game the Broncos can win, but it's not going to be easy. The Steelers are going to go down, I think, kicking and crying if that's the case. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in the house saying, I'm late to the party, had family pictures. No, you're never late to the party, especially when you're hanging out with family. That's what we're all about here on MHI as well. Good to see you. Um, Man, Broncos country getting fired up, dude. Anytime it's Broncos Steelers, it's there's been some pretty memorable matchups yeah. between the two. Yeah, two really good teams, um, historic teams. Obviously, the Steelers have been better long, longer. Um, they haven't ridden on the backs of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks like the Broncos had for their bigger stretches, but still, um, two great teams and uh, should be a good game. And obviously, we have the phenomenal memory of the Broncos beating the Steelers in the playoffs with Tebow uh, hitting Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. for that slant against cover cover one cover zero. I can't even remember. All I know is Demarius Thomas was gone. And uh, I've man, that's one of the hardest I've ever cheered. I think it was zero. Yeah, no, it was weird, man. We all remember where we were in in that one. And you know, Tebow can't throw. Well, he could throw that time. That was absolutely, that was absolutely crazy. Um, Yeah. And then Shelby Harris, a couple of years ago, picking off big Ben. Um, Of course the Steelers beating the Broncos with Jake Plummer in that AFC championship game here was a really, really rough one for Denver. Um, You go back even more. I think it was 1998 when you've got uh, Howard Griffith talking about that Super Bowl year and talking about hitting LeVar Kirkland, I think, was was the big linebacker's name mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh back when they had that Astro turf and Bill Cower coaching. And I mean, so many good memories with Broncos and Steelers. So absolutely yeah. love to uh, to reminisce, even if some of those memories were bad. We all remember where we were when the Broncos and Steelers went at it. Yeah. And you also have the game, I think, in 98, maybe it's 99, where they go in. Uh, Broncos are a uh, AFC wildcard team, right? They go and beat Kansas City. They go into Pittsburgh and beat uh, the Steelers on the road, Cordell Patterson or Cordell Stewart. So that was a great game. Slash. Uh, yep. And then the Broncos also, um, 2015 on the way to the Super Bowl, then, um, beating the Steelers, uh, at home with, uh, gosh, was it DeMarcus Ware recovering a fumble? I can't. It was the AFC divisional game, but they beat the Steelers in that game at home as well. And then we go beat the, the Patriots and then the Panthers. So, um, mm. a lot of good matchups with the Broncos there, um, against the Steelers historically. It's been pretty great. Uh, flashing the scoreboard here, Bama's losing to Texas A&M right now, 17 to seven. What's going on, Georgia? Maybe uh, Mike from Georgia is going to be number one here soon. Um, <laughs> we got James Coke coming in here saying Steelers better not under- underestimate Denver either. Where nobody's patsy, Denver going to bounce back strong, make a big play early, and put last week behind you and pray a lot. LOL. <laughs> um, Here's something I don't understand, and no, I hear you, man. Maybe maybe Denver go, goes in there tomorrow, and they're just like, wake up call. That's what we needed. Uh, the Ravens, a dose of the Ravens is what you needed. Maybe we'll see the Ravens again. It's hard to, hard to say, right? But this yeah. is a, uh, I would say, as much to a close must-win game that the Broncos have had this season. Uh, they can't look past the Steelers, no way. But, Nick, why are the Broncos playing the Steelers two times in two years on the road. I've got a problem with that NFL. Like that is, I think a little bit of a bizarre anomaly. Now I know the Broncos are not at the forefront of the league's priorities. See their primetime scheduling accordingly. And with good reason, right? The Broncos have been not only bad, but we've talked about it, Nick, they've been irrelevant and boring over the past few years. That hasn't been the case this season. They're trying to make the climb, but they can't look past Pittsburgh. Yeah, playing Steelers twice um, 
at, on the road back-to-back years, I guess blame the Broncos for finishing second in the AFC West in 2019 because <laughs> they had the AFC North second-place team on the road and the AFC East uh, second-place team at home. So that's your Steelers and Bills games last season. So uh, Broncos end up losing both those ones. Uh, looked a little better with Jeff Driscoll under center uh, with relieving Drew Locke in that second game or against the Steelers game. But uh, thank you so much for the comment here, James. We appreciate you. Luke, I want to ask you a few questions before we get on out of here pretty soon. Um, very simple questions. The Broncos win this game if Pat Shermer runs the ball at least 25 times. 25 times. And is there any other efficiency metrics or anything you're looking for? Are you looking to lean into any specific run game matchup or running back specifically? Let's go 12 personnel. Let's go heavy if we need to. If you're in goal line sets, I don't care if you need another offensive lineman or if we need to pull Mike Purcell to be an offset fullback. You know, like I don't I don't care. Like get the ball into the end zone. It's that simple. You've got to do it on the ground. Teddy's he's a comeback game for Teddy, too. I'm not looking for Teddy to go out there and go schoolyard all over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, can he? Yes. Do I think he's going to? No. I think the Broncos need to treat this like just a old school blue collar, strap up your work boots bring your lunch pail and go to work in the steel city, because that's the type of team they're going to play. Now I know the stats do not support the running game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, nor does the offensive line. How do you protect your quarterback running the ball? It works both ways for the Broncos and the Steelers. So I like that for me. I want to see 25 carries, man. It's 12 personnel. I know Pat Schirmer loves 11 personnel, but Good Lord, you used to coach the tight ends for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you not remember that? Now, look for Saubert, too. Maybe a little bit of a sleeper this week. Maybe he catches a tutty, right? And maybe finally he gets on the scoreboard a little bit. That dark horse sleeper. Don't forget about him. Cortland Sutton, he hasn't got a touchdown this season. I mean, that's that's got to be driving 14 crazy. Maybe he gets that back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. That's, I like it. I like the run game. I hope they run it, not just run it, but run it efficiently too, right? You know, four plus yards of pop would be phenomenal. Maybe a big one. I'd love to see Pookie be show a little bit better vision uh, with the game. And maybe Melvin Gordon hit one of those uh, ones that he had week one as well, where he's the fastest player in the NFL um, for that week. Uh, On the other side of the coin, the Broncos lose this game. If the Broncos lose this game, if Pat Shermer panics, and Vic Fangio is too stubborn to ask for help. I wrote about it last week in one of my reactions. When I'm struggling, I ask for help, Nick. I don't know about you. I, I imagine you do too. We help each other too, and we try to build each other up. But you know what? Like sometimes we need to tell the other one, hey, man, I need you to pick it up here. Hey, this is what I would suggest doing, doing here. Lean on your friends, Vic. Lean on your good buddy, Ed Donatel. Get a little help. It's okay to ask for help. It's not a bad thing. Pat Shermer, don't panic. Do not panic. I think Pat Shermer knows more about football than or has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. I do respect his football mind. It's his erratic behavior (laughs) that just drives me up the wall. It's nothing personal with Pat Shermer, but don't get up there on a Friday and lie to me about running the football. It's a little bit insulting when I'm watching the film and I can tell uh, you're just you're not in it. And I get it. You're not hitting big home runs. You're not seeing Melvin Gordon hit that 80 yard bomb against New York, but do not give up on your guys. That's something you're going to see from Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to consistently coach up the Broncos tomorrow. You're going to see him trying to raise everybody's spirits. I think they do have a lot going for him there. Yeah. And I don't totally agree with you there. Um, all those points. Uh, I guess the last thing is the Broncos win this game. Who is, who is the, uh, 
yeah, I guess we already asked the game ball, but if the Broncos lose this game, who is the guy who gets the tail on the donkey? Who's the reason, the main reason you lose player wise? Uh, I'm not looking for a coach. Obviously, we're talking to Shermer. <laughs> oh, Who's man. the player? I was just getting, you knew I was going to say Vic Who's the one that gets Pat Shermer. If, if they lose, what's the matchup? <laughs> if they lose, the matchup that we're all going to be talking about on Monday, that is a very good question. Um, I'll, go, I'll go right now. It's got to be for me. It is Hayward versus the interior offensive lineman. Uh, that was okay. totally a killer for this game last week. Um, the other one for me is with the Broncos offensive weapons so injured, I am I am afraid that Minka Fitzpatrick making a game-changing play. And one sort of interception that changes the field position, gives the Steelers a short field to go for points, that could be enough where your margin for error is so thin uh, that you lose the game because of that. So those are the... Those are the ones that scare me a bit. I'm, I think Teddy Bridgewater with the Broncos injuries right now, you could see some force feeding of Noah Fant. And while I'm not against that by any means, um, I think the Steelers know that as well. I really do. They're, they're, they're going to be looking at, okay, well, Noah Fant hasn't been involved. Tim Patrick, uh, probably better as a number two. Cortland Sutton dinged up. You lost Albert Okoibanam. We're not going to let Fant beat us. He's the explosive guy right now, the, the healthy-ish guy. We're not going to let him beat us. And we got Minka Fitzpatrick. So one of those plays, Minka's one that scares me a bit. Yeah, maybe Bobby Massey as well. Um, oh, yeah. Trying to think about TJ Watt, right? And like yeah. you're exactly right. I'm trying to be a little bit creative, and you're you know you're talking defensive line. That's the quickest way to get to the quarterback. Well, the other quickest way is guy. His name is TJ Watt. The guy's an animal. Uh, but we're not going to be talking about Bobby Massey on Monday. We all, if the Broncos lose, and Scott said it best on the ones and twos, he's like, we're all going to be talking about the quarterback. So you're going to hear that conversation next week. Drew Locke should have played. He practiced with the team. He prepared with the team and Teddy wasn't ready. <laughs> I mean, you're going to hear that next week. It's Monday morning quarterback. We all love doing it, uh, but I think that could be there. Maybe Teddy throws a pick. Maybe he has a fumble of his own. Now, do I think that makes him the reason that they lose the game? No, but you're certainly going to hear about it and it's going to be something to talk about next week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're about to wrap it up here. We're at uh, 58 minutes. So Luke, I'll put you on the spot one more time. Final of the game. What happens? What's the final out outcome? Broncos, I think, two and a half point favorites. So okay. we can get into the spread too, but uh, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, the wise guys in Vegas have it wrong. I've got the Broncos winning 23-17. Or excuse me, the Steelers winning. <laughs> Sorry, Broncos country. Steelers winning 23-17, man. Um, I'm, I'm so concerned, Nick, about the coaching staff and mm. their morale right now. And whether how, how did they feel after last week, you know, watching their coach get into a, a little tiff with another head coach? Um, what kind of communication is going on and what kind of delegation rather of responsibilities is happening with Vic Fangio in that in that building right now? Now, I think he's very well respected. I think that he is liked by his players, liked, not loved. Mike Tomlin's players say what you want about him. They seem to love their head coach. Now, yes. I know he's had previous beefs with all kinds of other players, uh, Le'Veon Bell, A.B., whatever. Uh, Mike Tom Tomlin knows how to get the best out of his players. I'm not entirely sure Vic Fangio knows how to do that. Yeah, I have the Broncos winning this game. Um, right now, I thought, like I said, I went back and forth on it, but I think the Broncos defense is much more of a strength against the Steelers pass game and offensive line than any other matchup in this game. And I think that's enough to win this game. So I have them 23 to 13. This is a big game though for Denver. It's not a must win, but it's about as close as it can get. And I'm really curious to see how this team deals with adversity and mental toughness. The Broncos came out last week, you know, they hyped up that Ravens game and they got punched in the mouth, right? And they, they had not taken a hit like that yet. And they got knocked down and they lost. Yeah. Okay. You have what is it? 13 more games left. You cannot linger on that Baltimore game. That game does not define your season unless you let it. 
right? So that's the big thing here. I'm curious to see what their mental toughness is, if they can regroup, refocus, and get a win in a tough environment against a team that is an injured dog in the corner right now with the Steelers being one and three. Mm. Um, their season on the line. So Broncos, you got to go in. You got to take care of business. How tough are you in the mental side of the game? Not making stupid plays, not turning the ball over, not creating stupid penalties. You do not have the margin for error to do that. How tough are you on the mental side of the game? I think that's going to be the big outcome for this game. I think with Teddy Bridgewater being the guy, there's belief in Teddy in that locker room. I think that he's going to get them right. I think it's not Vic Fangio. I don't think it's Pat Shermer. I don't think it's Ed Donatel or whatever. It's Teddy Bridgewater. There's belief there. I think they're going to execute with Teddy and with him playing with the belief on that team. I think the Broncos will go into Pittsburgh and get it done. Teddy B, baby, he's our hero. Who thought we would be saying that here uh, last, I don't know, before training camp? Teddy, you're our hero. Maybe he goes out there and plays hero ball. That would be absolutely great. Before we get out of here, let's get to Lawrence real quick. Lawrence, appreciate the stars. Lawrence in the running as well for that PS2 jersey. And uh, let's clean it up and send us out on a good note. Yeah. Tie a big red bow on it. We should start holding up onto our good or holding onto our good players and weeding out the week. Uh, this could be our tryout year till we get a quarterback that changes the game by being on the field. Here's the only thing I'll say about that. It's not a tryout year when you're three and one. Um, the Broncos expected to beat the bad teams. Now they're asking themselves and they've got to take a good long look in the mirror. Can we beat the tough ones? Because Pittsburgh might not be a good team. They're a tough team though. Yeah. And they believe in each other and their head coach and even their old man quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. So you guys heard it here. Luke thinks the Broncos are going to win or lose. Excuse me. Uh, Luke, what the hell? So uh, make sure I'm going to give you guys his, his address after the game. So you and Nick's wearing black and yellow. Uh, he could, he could talk am. about Iowa yeah. all he wants, but you know, he's yeah. got Cam Newton and there's a Steelers logo under that thing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos or the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes did legitimately say, okay, who's a winning organization in football? Steelers, we're going to copy their uniform. So uh, that's. I'm that's glad that you officially cleaned that up because as a little kid, that's what on the playground we would all say to whatever that Iowa. You guys are everywhere, by the way. If I was so yeah. great, why y'all leaving? First of all, um, but no, you guys are Hawkeye fans, man. They're everywhere, just like Steelers fans. It's going to be yeah. crazy out there, Nick. It's great to great to see you, man. It's great. We yeah. are back, MHI baby, guys. He is Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH. I'm Luke Patterson at Luke Patterson LP. This hour always goes by super fast, and we appreciate you guys for. Uh, uh, tuning in, man. This is always so fun. Yeah, man. Let's hope that the Broncos can get healthy. Let's hope they have a good game. Let's hope they are four and one when you guys see you next time. But either way, it's fun. We're in a good spot, right? And it's been a bit since the Broncos have even been three and one this early in the season and uh, they're favored. So, uh, you know, let's have a great game tomorrow. It's one of the earlier games. Broncos going back out to the, is Pittsburgh in the East time zone. I don't even know, but either way, so. another tough game for the Denver, but it's a game they should win. Let's hope it's a great one. Stay healthy. You guys stay healthy too. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.